0: Hi, I'm Ray Barry, and from wherever you're listening to the Audio Wave Café podcast, I really do appreciate you joining me. Okay, I think that's enough for the chat. Coming up on this episode, I have guitarist Joe Harcourt and vocalist Dave Hutchinson of Coventry band Three Mile Island. Later I'll be playing an original song by the band titled Ride Your Luck. First I'll bring you music news and views and i shine a spotlight on the classic 2004 album American Idiot by Green Day. Uh, we should move on. Coming up is my music news and views segment, starting with Glastonbury 2023. By all accounts it was a massive success though there was a mixed reaction to headliners Arctic Monkeys and Guns N' Roses. Days later, I was watching the event on iPlayer, and both bands seemed popular enough with the crowd, but it took 76-year-old Sir Elton John to throw the audience of over 200,000 in front of the Pyramid stage and more than 7 million watching on TV. It's reported that Elton said it might be his last show in the UK. would be a good idea, and make this Glastonbury performance his amazing swan song but as he's already retired five times in the past. I wouldn't hold my breath. Paul McCartney was joking recently when he said Bruce Springsteen had ruined it for everyone, as music fans now expect acts to play for three hours or more. It's true, Springsteen always gives great value by playing very long sets. McCartney also stated that the Beatles only played 30-minute shows. So I checked out the band's 1965 show at Shays Stadium in New York in front of more than 55,000 screaming fans. Yep. After 30 minutes, it was all over and the band went on their way back to the hotel. To play for only half an hour in front of many thousands of adoring fans seems a bit mean. A few weeks ago, I went to see a previous podcast guest of mine, Martin Bowes and his dark wave industrial band, Attrition, play at the Tin Music Venue in Coventry. It's my first time at the Tin, which is a small, intimate venue, my first time seeing Attrition perform. A four-piece band set a dark, edgy atmosphere, helped by a smoke machine and Martin holding on to a handful of smoky glowing jost I enjoyed the band set, though personally I would have wished that they'd slowed the overall tempo, generated by several synthesizers, with say A Girl Called Harmony from their Tricky Business album, or Two Miles Up from Out the 50th Gate album. Still, the audience were very receptive, and later I made my way home happy to have experienced a truly impressive performance. Finally, several of my podcast guests were on stage at the Godiva Festival in Coventry recently, The event was a huge success with many local artists and bands performing on stage to an enthusiastic audience of thousands over three days. What a boost to the live music scene. well done to all involved. My guest on this episode is Joe Harcourt. He was a previous guest of mine when he talked about his adventures in Roddy Radiation's Scarbilly Rebels. Today is brought along this vocalist Dave Hutchinson, and they're going to talk about the new band. Hi, Joe. Hi, Dave. It's great to have you join me today. Hi, Ray. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, you're welcome. What's the name of the band? The band's called Three Mile Island. That's an excellent name. Is that a prison or something? It was a nuclear power
1: station. It melted down, but nobody got hurt, so we thought it'd be all right to use the name. <laughs> Sweet. How long has the band been formed? Just coming up three years, Dave. It's about that, in
2: December, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, me and Connor, the bass player, first had the idea um, before COVID, uh, around Christmas 2019. We fancied doing some original stuff. Neil, the rhythm guitar player, is an old friend of mine. Uh, we played in bands together for years, go back years. And uh, so Neil got involved. And then one night I was out uh, having a meal with my wife. And we went to the local pub in the Neaton, watching a band, and Dave's band, Homegrown, were on. And I heard Dave singing, and I thought... I've got to have him. Man, he's good. I've just got to have him.
2: Give <laughs> me, me the come-to-bed eyes, and <laughs> that was it. I was in.
1: Tapped him up at half-time, like...
2: <laughs> I thought he was a drunk fan.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we struggled to find a drummer that had got enough time to commit to rehearsing with us. Drummers are really hard to find, aren't they?
2: It's been the biggest struggle we've had as a band so far.
0: More drummers than Spinal Tap. <laughs> Back in back in my day, when I was playing live bands, it was a keyboard player or a decent vocalist. Yeah, well, it's usually well the vocalist always the hardest one to find,
1: don't it? Unfortunately, we, we dropped on we found Dave early doors, and then it was it was finding a drummer. We know a lot, quite a lot of drummers, but they're all busy. And um, fortunately, uh, we dropped on for Spence. Sounds spot on, didn't it? With him,
2: he's made the world of difference.
1: Excellent. So tell me, who are the band members and what do they play?
2: Well, there's me, uh, Dave, where I sing and play the harmonica and rattle the tambourine every now and again. We've got Mr. Joe on the old guitar. Uh, Neil Powers on the rhythm guitar. We've got Connor O'Connor. He plays in the uh, Scarberry Rebels with Joe. He's on bass and uh, Spence on the drums. What style of music do you play? Just a proper rock and roll band. A damn good rock and roll band.
1: I can't... I can't... I don't want to over-describe it more than that because I don't. I don't like doing that sort of. Oh, it's a bit this. It's a bit that. It's not. It's just a proper rock and roll band, and it does.
2: There's no better way to describe it. No, nah. you know, it's, you you put you pigeonhole you pigeonhole it with one genre, and the next song you're thinking, well, that's not anything close to that. It's something more, and it's just rock and roll. Have you got any influences?
1: Oh, loads, loads of influences, but. Quite strong in the music in the way we approach things because we like, we kind of like to do things the old fashioned way, don't we? We're we, we sort of, I don't think we'd have been out of place in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, would we, really? Like, but no, we're uh, like, I mean, I'm a big Rolling Stones fan, uh, Zeppelin, Small Faces, ACDC, uh, love Guns and Roses, love Motley Crue,
0: Pistols, Punk, all, all sorts, like. Great stuff. Does the band play covers or all original songs?
2: All originals. Yeah, we have been asked if we wanted to do a cover here on there by uh, some guys helping to promote us. And uh, we're not against the idea, are we?
0: No, we're not
1: completely against it. It's just that I think there's not a lot of bands, especially our age, that are doing original music still and... We enjoy doing what we do. We enjoy writing the songs. We enjoy putting them together as a band, and um, I think we'd be selling ourselves a little bit short if we started doing covers, don't you, Dave? I agree. Yeah,
2: yeah. What we're doing is great, and people enjoy it. Yeah. Regardless of whether they know it, because it's the good songs.
0: All right. So, uh, how many songs are on your set list?
1: Well, there's a dozen. There's a dozen that we've got written, written and completed. Um, We've been working on. Well, I've, I've been. Mixing in the studio today. Um, since Spencer joined the band, we've been working on getting his drum tracks onto the tracks that we'd e- existed already, sort of thing. Like, right? but yeah, we've got we've got we've got a good album's worth that's written and and demoed. So, who writes the songs in the band? That's all our man Joe over here. I think it's a time thing because. Everybody's got so many commitments. I think it it helps and works well if somebody can bring a song that's pretty much completed to the band and the band can learn the song and then they put their own stamp on sort of, I'll write a vocal on and give it to Dave and then Dave will really make it shine And the same with the rest of the lads. I think because we've all got quite busy personal lives and work lives to be able to, dedicate enough time to say, right, well, we're going to get together two, three nights a week to sit and write. Um, we wouldn't have the time, would we? So it's handy if somebody's yeah. bringing material in. Like. Yeah, and, you know, it's
2: there's an element there of don't fix what isn't broken. Yeah. Joe's writing some really good stuff and I would hate to come in and sour the air with it. You know, it's nice that Joe can lead me in the right way and I can put my own stamp on it, but what he's doing at the minute is... He's golden. so.
1: But we work really well together. Like Everybody's really dedicated into making the song sound the best the song can sound. Nobody's trying to do anything because uh, or they want to sound fancy in a certain part. Everybody's really focused, aren't they, on what's best for the song sort of thing and there's a real good atmosphere and chemistry in the band,
0: isn't there? You know, yeah. we're,
2: we're not individual ins- musicians playing together. We're a band, yeah. and that's yeah, what makes it really for me.
0: Right. So, where do you record your songs?
1: We record them in the Beat Laboratory, don't we? Which is my, which is uh, it's between my back bedroom and Sp- Spencer's playroom. <laughs> you can record so easily at home these days, can't you? I mean, like years ago, like we've said before. When I last spoke to you, we were on about the old days and yeah. studio time and how expensive it was, and yeah. it, it cost a small fortune, didn't it, to Absolutely. get anything that sounded even anywhere half decent, whereas these days you can record at home and you can achieve a pretty decent standard as well, can't you? So can you tell us a little bit about the songwriting process? I write, Nearly everything I write, I write on an acoustic guitar to, to begin with, because I'll be sat in my living room just playing my acoustic guitar. And um, if I'm noodling away and I come up with a little riff, I always record it on my voice recorder on my phone. It's full of them. And then I'll sort of grow it from there and I'll sort of put some riffs together. And I'll always hear a vocal melody before I get words. and The lyrics tend to come last. Um, But they all just come from just riffs from sat around playing all the time. So I'm always, even if it's just... Five or ten minutes here and there. I'm always picking a guitar around the house, like just before I go to bed. Has the band released any singles or albums? Not yet, but we are working on it, aren't we? It's what what we're currently doing at the minute is is recording. We're going to put a three track EP out first, don't we? Often it. I mean, we've been rehearsing lots. We know the set inside and out live. Um, it's it's just a case of getting the recording to where we want it. What are your thoughts about the live music scene in Coventry? I think was so, there were so many venues closed down after COVID because they just couldn't cope, could they? And the and live music scene didn't seem to have bounced back at all. Really? And people, I think people got into that routine of staying in more. Mm. And uh, there just didn't seem to be the, the same buzz around it as there was pre-2020.
2: Some great bands out there as well. You know, you, you, you can walk into any pub, you know, it's only a small town, but walk into any pub and you can get a small band playing in there. But actually big venues, places like the Arches, that are, you know, good, solid rock and roll venues for original bands, It's you, you are losing it. There's, there's really not as much out there as there should be.
1: Music's going to suffer long term because there's no venues left. Lots of venues that are put on, especially original music, and the few and far between now, aren't they? And without them venues, there's nowhere for the bands to play. And without the bands, there's no scene, is there?
2: It'd be great to be able to play a load of a load of gigs in our hometown, but there isn't the venues for it. So we're happy to go wherever the music is. Yeah, yeah
1: that's what you want as well, isn't it? Long term, you want to be a you want to be a touring band, don't you? That's what you always you always got to aim high, is not you? You know what I mean. Aim for the stars in you. Stars. <laughs> you might know, like crash into the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> what do you guys hope to achieve with a band? Build a following, get people interested in the music, get some exposure and just take it as far as it can. Be a touring band. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're delusional because I think we're all far too self-critical to be, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? So, like, But we, re- we really think that we've got, potential and personally i think the, the the ambition for the band is to fulfill its potential isn't it yeah. if its potential is well we, we could we were only ever going to get as far as doing a handful of support gigs well that would be fulfilling its potential but i genuinely believe it's got legs when you guys are ready where will people find
0: your music
2: all of the platforms really all of the the usual uh, spotify we've got some tracks some demo tracks on youtube at the minute and um, we've put them on the facebook page as well so check that out three mile island spotify apple music Deezer—oh, our the list goes on and on yeah, and on yeah. but you know it's we will be using the readily available uh, distribution companies that are all out there at the minute to just release the music out and they tend to just send that to anything that's currently live so if you've got it you'll find us on there
0: right Guys, I wish you a lot of luck in your recording and getting gigs. I guess this wraps up our interview today. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Joe, for being great guests. It was really enjoyable. Good to see you again, Ray. Nice one. Thank you. Back in the late 90s and early 2000s, my son got me interested in his favourite punk rock music videos on YouTube with bands like Blink 182, Good Charlotte, Bowling for Soup and Green Day. So for this episode I thought I should shine a spotlight on Green Day's 2004 classic album, American Idiot. In 2003, Green Day were in the studio recording songs for an upcoming album, titled Cigarettes and Valentines. But the master tapes were then apparently stolen. Instead of re-recording the tracks, they decided it was an opportune moment to rethink the whole project and new songs would need to be written. Green Day are guitarist and main songwriter Billy Joe Armstrong, bassist Mike Dirt, and drummer Trey Cool. And In September 2004, after 10 months in the studio, and costing $650,000, American Idiot, the band's seventh album, produced by Rob Cavallo, was released by Reprise Records. The 13-track album was virtually an instant worldwide success. It was the band's first attempt at a punk rock opera, and writer Billy Joe Armstrong cited The Who's Quadrophenia and Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders From Mars as Influential. The distinctive red, white and black album cover features a hand-holding a bleeding heart-shaped grenade created by artist Chris Billheimer. After disappointing sales of Green Day's previous year 2000 album, titled Warning, the band had bounced back big time with their latest offering Was American Idiot peaking at number one in the album charts of 18 countries. In America alone, five songs off the album were major hits. These were Boulevard of Broken Dreams, American Idiot, Holiday, Jesus of Suburbia, and Wake Me Up When September Ends. The album was certified six times platinum in Canada, Australia, and United States, and eight times platinum in the UK. In 2005, the album won a Grammy Award for Best Rock Album, and the remaining list of awards is too many to mention. Today, producer Rob Cavallo and the band are back, together working on a new album, tentatively titled 1972, with a release date sometime in 2024. Well guys, take care you don't lose the master tapes again. Of course, they were stolen, weren't they? Coming up is a track written by Joe Harcourt and recorded by Three Mile Island. Ride your luck. You die. That was Ride Your Luck, an original song by Three Mile Island. And thanks again to my guests, Joe Harcourt and Dave Hutchinson. Well, my awesome listeners, there'll be no podcast episode on Sunday the 30th of July. Instead, together with drummer John Hewitt, we will be showcasing six original music tracks recorded by previous podcast guests, namely Bob Jackson of Badfinger, Martin Bowes of Attrition, Kirsten Smitten, Lizzie and Demas, Paul Willow of the Scapones, and Nigel Meffin of the Dell Chronics. We enjoy putting it all together, and uh, do take the time to check it out. And so the regular podcast series returns on Sunday the 30th of September with my guest Archie, lead guitarist with Sunroof, a young band based in rugby. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, it is. I'm done. Till next time.